0: the veg pulling monkey. There was a city in a certain region in a groove. Nearby a merchant was having a temple built. Each day at the noon hour the foreman and the workers would go to city for lunch. Now one day a troop of monkeys came upon half built temple. They lay a tremendous log which a mechanic had begun to split, a wedge of acacia wood being thrust in at the top. There the monkeys began their playful frolics upon treetop, lofty roof, and woodpile. Then one of them, whose doom was near, thoughtlessly bestrode the log, thinking, Who stuck a wedge in this queer place? So he seized it with both hands and started to work it loose now what happened when the wedge gave at the spot where his private parts entered the cleft that sir you know without being told and that is why I say that meddling should be avoided by intelligent and that is why I say that meddling should be avoided by the intelligent and you know he continued that we do pick up fair living just from his leavings but said Victor How can you give first-rate service, merely from a desire for food with no desire for distinction? There is wisdom in the saying: In hurting foes and helping friends, the wise perceive the proper ends. Of serving kings the bellies call, to answer is no job at all. And again, when many lives on one depend, then life is life indeed. A crow with a beak equipped can fill his belly's selfish need. If loving kindness be not shown to friends and souls in pain, to teachers, servants, and oneself, what use in life, what gain? A crow will live for many years and eat the offered grain. A dog is quite contented if he gets a meatless bone, a dirty thing with crystal. Strings and marrow fat alone, and not enough of it at that to still his belly's moan. The lion scorns the jackal, though between his paws to smite the elephant for everyone. However, sad his plight demands the recompense that he esteems his native right. Dogs wag their tails and fawn and roll bare mouthed and belly at your feet. Bull elephants so self-esteem demand much coaxing ere they eat. A tiny rill is quick to fill and quicker mouses paw, so seedy men are grateful when there is but little cause. For if there be no mind debating good and ill, and if religion send no challenge to the will, if only greed be there for some material feast, how draw a line between the man-beast and the beast? Or more accurately yet, since cattle draw the plough through rough and level soil, and bend their patient necks to heavy wagon's toil, our kind of sinless birth and find in grass or feast, how can they be compared with any human beast? But at present, said Cheek, we do hold no job at court. So why meddle? My dear fellow, said Victor. After a little, the jobless man does hold a job, as the saying goes. The jobless man is hired for careful serving. The holder may be fired if undeserving. No character moves up or down at others' smile or others' frown, but honor or contempt on earth will follow conduct's inner worth. And once more, it costs an effort still to carry stones uphill, the tumble in a trice, so virtue and so vice. Well, said Cheek, what do you wish to imply? And Victor answered, You see, our master is frightened. His servants are frightened, and he does not know what to do. How can you be sure of that? Said Cheek And Victor said, isn't it plain? An ox can understand, of course, the spoken word. A driven horse or elephant exerts his force. But men of wisdom can infer. Unuttered thoughts from features stir. For wit rewards its worshipper. And again... From feature, gesture, gait, from twitch or word, from change in eye or face, is thought in word. So by virtue of native intelligence, I intend to get him into my power this very day. Why, said Chi, you do not know how to make yourself useful to a superior. So tell me, how can you establish power over him? And why, my good fellow, do I not know how to make myself useful, said Victor. The saintly poet Vyasa has sung the entry of Pandu princess into Virata's court. From his poem, I learned the whole duty of functionary. You have heard the proverb, no burden inner weights the strong, to enterprise no road is long. The well-informed all countries range, to flatterers no man is strange. But Cheek objected. He might perhaps despise you to forcing yourself into a position that does not belong to you. Yes, said Victor, there is a point in that. However, I am also a judge of occasions and there are rules as follows. The Lord of Learning speaking to a false occasion will meet with hatred and of course lack of all persuasion. And again, the favorite's business comes to be a sudden source of King's ennui when he thoughtful trying sense retiring or in conference. And once again, on hours of talk or squabbling rude, of psychic barber flirting food, a gentleman does not intrude. Let everyone be cautious in palaces of kings, and let not students rummage in their professor's thing. For naughty meddlers suffer destruction swift and sure, like evening candles lighted in houses of the poor. Or put it this way, on entering a palace at just a modest dress, go slowly bowing lowly in timely humbleness, and sound the king's temper and kingly whims no less. Or this way, though ignorant and common, unworth the honouring, men win to royal favour by standing near the king, for kings and vines and maidens to nearest neighbours cling. And once again, the servant is his master's face, discerns the sign of wrath and grace, and though the master jerk and tack, the servant slowly mounts his back. And finally, the brave, the learned, he who wins to bureaucratic power, these three alone of all mankind can pluck earth's golden flower. Now, let me inform you how power is gained by dancing attendance on a master. With the friendly counselors, to the monarch tear, win persuasive speakers, so gain the royal ear. On the undiscerning mob, it is not wise to toil. No man reaps a harvest by ploughing barren soil. Serve a king of merit, though friendliness destitute. After some delay, you pluck long-enduring fruit. Hate your master and you'll fill. Servants mean estate. Not discerning whom to serve, it is yourself you hate. Treat the dowager, the queen, and the king to be, chaplain, porter, counsellor, most obsequiously. One who seeks the van in fights, in the palace clings, in the city walks behind, is beloved of kings. One who flatters when observed, does proper things, acts without expressing doubts, is beloved of kings. One, the royal gifts of cash, prudently who flings, wearing gifts of garments, he is beloved of kings. One who never makes reply that his master stings, never boisterously laughs, is beloved of kings. One who never hearkens to queenly whisperings in the queen's quarter dumb, is beloved of kings. One who even in distress never boasts and sings of his master's favor, he is beloved of kings. One who hates his master's foe, loves his friend and brings pain or joy to either one is beloved of kings. One who never disagrees, blames or pulls the string of intrigue with enemies is beloved of kings. One who finds in battle peace from questionings thinks of exile as of whom is beloved of kings. One who thinks of dice as death, wine as poison stings, others wife as statues, he is beloved of kings. Well, said Cheek. when you come into his presence, what do you intend to say first, please tell me that. And Victor replied, Answers after speech begins, further answers breed. As a seed with timely rain ripens other seed, and besides his clever servant sows his master the gleam of triumph or disaster. From good or evil courses springing and sows him wit decision-bringing. The man possessing such a wit should magnify and foster it. Thereby he earns a livelihood and public honor from the good. And there is a saying, let anyone who does not seek his master's fall unbidden speak, so act at least the excellent, the other kind are different. But said she: kings are hard to conciliate. There is a saying, in a sensuous coil and a heartless toil, in sinuous course and armored force, in savage harms that yield to chance, in all these things are snakes like kings. Uneven, rough, and high enough, yet low folk roam, their flanks as home, and wild things haunt, and wild things haunt them, hungry gaunt, in all these things are hills like kings. The thought that claw, and the things that gore are unreliable things, and so is man with a sword in his hand, and rivers, and women, and kings. Quite true said Victor. However, the clever man soon penetrates the subject's mind and captivates. Cringe and flatter him when angry, love his friend and hate his foe, duly advertise his presence, trust no magic and win him so. And yet, if a man excel in action, learning fluent word, make yourself his humble servant while his power is stirred, quick to leave him, at the moment when he grows absurd plant your words where profit lies wither cloth takes faster dies, till you know his power and manhood effort has no scope moonlight's glitter vainly rivals himalaya's slope and cheek replied if you've made up your mind then seek the fit feet of king blessed be your journeyings May your purpose be accomplished. Be heedful in the presence of king. We also to your health and fortune cling." Then Victor bowed to his friend and went to meet Rusty. Now when Rusty saw Victor approaching, he said to the doorkeeper, Away with your reed of office. This is an old acquaintance, counselor's son Victor. He has free entrance. Let him come in. He belongs to the second circle. So Victor entered, bowed to Rusty, and sat down on the seat indicated to him. Then Rusty extended the right paw, adorned with claws as formidable as thunderbolts, and said respectfully, Do you enjoy hell? Why has so long a time passed since you were last visible? And Victor replied, Even though my royal master has no present need of me, still I thought to report at the proper time, for there is nothing that may not render service to a king. And As the the saying goes, to clean a tooth or scratch an ear, to straw may serve a king, a man with speech and action is a higher kind of thing. Besides, we who are ancestral servant of our royal master follow him in disasters. For us there is no other course, now the proverb says, set in fit position each gem or serving man, no tiaras on the doors just because you can. Servant, leave the kings who their qualities ignore, even kings of lofty line, wealthy served of yore. Lacking honor from their equals, jobless de classe, servants give their masters notice that they will not stay. And again, if set in tin, a gem that would adorn a golden frame, will never scream nor fail to gleam, yet tell its wearer same. The king who reads the servant's mind, dull, faithless, faithful, wise, may servants find of every kind for every enterprise. And for my master's remark, it's long since you you were last visible, pray hear the reason of that where just distinction is not drawn between the left and right the self-respecting if they can will quickly take to flight if masters no distinction make among their servants then they lose the jealous offices of energetic men in the market where it seems that no distinctions hold between red eye and ruby how can precious gems be sold There must be bonds of union in all their dealings since no prince can lack his servants nor servants lack a prince. The nature of servant also depends on master's quality and the saying goes, in case of horse or book or sword, of woman, man or lute or word, the user or uselessness depends on qualities the user lends another point you do wrong despise me because i'm a jackal for silk comes from worms and gold from stone from cows hair sacred grass is grown the water lily springs from mud from cow dung sprouts the lotus bud the moon it rises from ocean takes and gems proceed from hoods of snakes from cows bile yellow dye stuff come and fire and wood is quiet at home and The worthy by display of worth attain distinction, not by birth. And again, kill, although domestic born, any heartful mouse, bribe an alien cat who will help to clean the house. And once again, how to use the faithful lacking power, or strong who evil do? But me, O king, you should not scorn, for I am strong and true. Scorn not the wise who penetrate. Truth's universal law. They are not meant to be restrained by money's petty straw. When beauty glistens on their cheeks by tickling ichor lent, bull elephants feel lotus chains as of no impediment. Oh, said Rusty, you must not say such things. You are our counselor's son, an old retainer. Oh, king, said Victor, there is something that should be said. And King replied, Good fellow, reveal what is in your heart. The victor began, My master set out to take water, why did he turn back and camp here? And Rusty concealing his inner feelings said, Victor, it just happened so, oh king, said the jackal, If it is not a thing to disclose, then let it be, some things man should tell his wife, some things to a friend, and some to son. All these are trusted. He should not tell everything to everyone. Hereupon Rusty reflected, He seems trustworthy. I will tell him what I have in mind. For the proverb says, You find repose in so disaster by telling things to powerful master, to honest servant, faithful friend, or wife who loves you till the end. Friend Victor, did you hear a great voice in distance? Yes, master, I did, said Victor. What of it? And Rusty continued, my good fellow, I intend to leave this forest. Why? said Victor. Because, said Rusty, there has come into our forest some prodigious creature, from whom we hear this great voice. His nature must correspond to his voice, and his power to his nature. What? said Victor. Is our master frightened by a mere voice? You know the proverb. Water undermines the dikes. Love dissolves when malice strikes secrets melt when babbling starts simple words melt dastard hearts so it would be improper if our master abruptly left the forest which was worn by his ancestors and has been so long in the family for they say wisely move one foot the other should its vantage hold till assured of some new dwelling do not leave the old Besides, many kinds of sounds are heard here yet there are nothing but noises not a warning of danger For example, we hear the sounds made by thunder, wind among the reeds, lutes, drums, tambourines, conch shells, bells, wagons, banging doors, machines, and other things. They are nothing to be afraid of, as the verse says. If a king be brave, however, fears the foe and grim, sorrows of humiliation do not wait for him. And again, bravest bosoms do not falter, fearing heaven's threat. Summer dries the pools, the Indus rises greater yet. And once again, mothers bear on rare occasions to the world a chief, glad in luck and brave in battle, undepressed in grief. And yet again, do not act as does the grass blade, lacking honest pride, dropping low in feeble meanness, lightly brushed aside. My master must take this point of view and reinforce his resolution not fear a mere sound. As the saying goes, I thought at first it was full of fat. I crept within, and there I did not find a thing except some wood and skin. How was that? asked Rusty, and Victor told the story of jackal and the War Drum.